Welcome to the Adversity Psychologist Podcast, a podcast incorporating narratives about facing and navigating adversity, a mixture of people, their experiences, and professional psychological discussion. I'm Dr. Tara Quintarillo. I'm a qualified and regulated psychologist with over 20 years' experience of mental health, disability, and human behavior. I want to share people's stories of navigating adversity in the hope that through being heard, a dose of compassion and some understanding, we can help others in the face of adversity too. Hi and welcome to the Adversity Psychologist podcast. I'm Dr. Tara Quintarillo and today, oh this is a really exciting one, I have Dr. Jade Woodburn with me who is a clinical psychologist. Do you want to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what's brought you on today? Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. Um, so yeah, I mean, what's brought me here is that just wanting to share, like, there's so much pressure on, so I'm a psychologist, but also a mum. And I've worked with parents now for oh nearly two decades. But it was really when I became a parent myself, and I became a mum, that the way that I support parents quickly shifted. <laughs> I think yes. having that own personal experience can really shift the way that you think about things um really can so for me like being here is just sharing that awareness and compassion um that I think so often is missing and I think there's never been a time with so much resources online so much information that I think can be really overwhelming to parents um this yeah. fear of getting it wrong or am I getting it right or am I good enough what what is good enough and um absolutely so, yeah, I'm just... so with you on that <laughs> I love yeah. the fact compassion so you have a, a phrase that you used to describe yourself so helping parents to lose the guilt and calm the chaos I love that <laughs> should we dive straight in with that because there's something that caught me there about that word compassion and obviously that word guilt as parents so should we start a little bit about what have you noticed in yourself? So obviously with this podcast, it's about people's lived experiences with a sprinkle of psychology on top. So as a psychologist and a parent, what do you notice around guilt or what do you notice with the people that you work with? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I think I'm not really sure what I expected before I became a parent, but I think I have maybe had consciously or unconsciously these kind of beliefs that, well, I'm you know, this can't be too hard. I'm pretty equipped. Uh, my life's yeah. going all right. Um, I'm ready, I think. Um, and I've worked with parents. I've worked with kids for years. You know, I know lots about children and and life. So, yeah, I'm pretty equipped for this. And then um, my lived experience of becoming a mum was, well, it quite frankly floored me. <laughs> and I think what it's been teaching me along with my lived experience and the experiences I'm gaining from the work that I do is that you can have lots of knowledge. You can have all these ideals of how we thought it would be or how we thought we would be as a parent. And then you're smacked with reality. (laughs) You know, I I don't think anyone can quite prepare you for the sleeplessness. Yeah. I had an experience (laughs) where my firstborn was actually a very good sleeper until about eight months old. Um, I was feeling very kind of, you know, proud that she would sleep. People would say to me, how is she sleeping? And I'd say actually really well, but no one actually asked how I was sleeping, which was terribly. That's a good (laughs) point. Because I was anxious. 
yeah yeah I was so anxious and I'd watch her sleep or I'd hear her snuffles and I'd be like on high alert thinking oh she's gonna wake up um so yeah I I definitely in that first year suffered anxiety anxiety myself um just around I remember even asking um I think it was my mum I asked her um is there ever a day when a child or a baby of any age doesn't cry <laughs> I was obviously <laughs> feeling so overwhelmed with my own feelings but the feelings of <laughs> this child this baby um so yeah I think just uh I just wasn't quite prepared for the emotional kind of stuff that was going to come yes. up for me as a, as a mum you know I thought it would be this kind of like right you go to these kind of you know NCT lessons and it's you know how do you bath the baby how do you physically take care of a baby but um how do you take care of your own emotions and reactions and feelings of like comparison to other mums yes. I remember being out once and I was having some feeding challenges shall we say and uh, and just looking around and seeing other mums delighted at their baby waking up oh you know delighted they're waking up and I'd be there slightly anxious thinking please stay sleeping whilst we're out because otherwise I need to feed you and and just Absolutely. then preparing myself and feeling like I was just not you know equipped for this so that was a that was a shock that's yeah. resonating it's so interesting that well there's loads of points that you've said there but that people might presume you know they're focused on the, the baby how is the baby sleeping so therefore if the baby's sleeping okay we must be that's a really good point just you know because your baby is doing something it might not be representative of what you're going through so you know as new parents I don't remember reading anything so my eldest is 14 now um social media wasn't a huge thing then in terms of being able to be connected with other parents or learning about what you're doing or what you shouldn't be doing but just that you know actually we can be awake as new parents worrying even if our child is asleep um, and there's so much to worry about isn't there and brains are really great at sending all of that at two three in the morning which is usually when babies are waking up for night feeds um and just let's bring in the guilt then because then we can come on to maybe how do we have a bit more compassion is what did you notice or what do you notice in the people that you work with around guilt in parenting is such mm. a huge topic to cover it's almost a podcast episode in itself yeah I think as humans we naturally are for most of us quite inquisitive about you know what we might be experiencing and I think our brains yeah. have this wonderful way of as we gain new information kind of we do this really great job of looking back and thinking ah I should have known that or okay so yeah. I could have done that differently I should have done that differently I mean the word should comes up all the time in parenting yeah. <laughs> um think... t-shirts with it on yeah absolutely and I think because there's this idea that we're the parent and they're the child and therefore we are the nurturer especially for mums we give out so much yes. um we have yeah. to take care of we're respo there's responsibility suddenly in your life is just huge isn't it mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we just and we're depleted in many ways and we end up feeling yes. very stretched thin and so when guilt yes. comes up there's this really strong feeling like I think it's often the pressure we put on ourselves about how we should be feeling I should be loving this that yes. I wanted this and for many That's of us we point. wanted this for a long time maybe we had a hard time getting pregnant this was a very yeah. wanted child perhaps 
and then we're not enjoying it. There's a really common phrase that gets told to new mums particularly, but enjoy every moment because it doesn't yes. last long. Oh my goodness, yeah. Or this yeah. horrible thing that goes around social media, which is you only have 18 summers. Oh, I keep saying um, that's really trending at uh, the moment. Yes, I'm very aware it, of that. Uh, and it's just, it's really unhelpful and unhealthy for all of us yeah. because actually I see parenting much more about a relationship that we have with ourselves as much as we form with our kids and yeah. we are truly learning just as much sometimes if not more than our children because you know we've never done this before you know we've been parented and that can have a huge impact yes. on us of course. of course yeah you know stuff can get reactivated when we become the parent but I think shifting that narrative around what does it mean to be a good parent or a good enough parent you know guilt quite often what we label as guilt I actually think is this kind of fear fear of letting people down fear of disappointing others that we kind of yes. turn it into guilt yes. like I'm the experiences we have what does that mean about me so often if we're not enjoying a moment with our kids which I will put my hand up and save ever many um yes. what does that mean about me and so we go from I feel bad to I am bad um and and I think struggle to sometimes allow and accept those feelings to just be part of the process that it is okay that you don't you know I'm not a massive fan of doing arts and crafts <laughs> and my kids love it <laughs> so you know we do it from time to time but I don't thoroughly enjoy it um you know I'd much rather be out kicking leaves and riding bikes and right yeah um yeah, so we can feel guilty but when we have these shoulds in our life that really play on our mind. Like, I should be this calm parent all the time because, you know, that's what I've seen on social media and I shouldn't ever shout at my kids. So when we do, we feel this immense amount of guilt. Yeah. I think a little yeah. bit of guilt can be really healthy because if it's linked with and aligned with our values of teaching us, okay, I need to do something about this because something within me yes. I'm struggling. Yeah, but it's when it turns, and so often it turns from, I'm, I'm I'm struggling, I'm having a hard time, to, I'm not good enough, or I'm a bad mother, or I'm a bad parent. Everybody else is doing this better than me, um, and that's when I think it gets very sticky and heavy. And I guess sometimes in therapeutic work with psychologists, we kind of talk about the difference between guilt and shame, don't we? Um, and I sometimes think that that kind of concept of a thought that you might have in a moment, a transient thought, can sometimes then become more globalized. So as you say, that difference between in this moment, I am noticing I'm feeling guilty or I'm overwhelmed or I'm anxious. But then that can sometimes become more global in terms of I am in every situation or then noticing perhaps those what we call those future focused thoughts. This is how it's going to be. I am a rubbish parent and I'm going to be. And um, and then, then it can even open out into this is what everyone else is seeing and thinking of me and our thoughts can just snowball and that can have a tremendous impact then on our mood and our overall well-being can't it and there's so many there that resonate with me the amount of time I'm just thinking just parents who may also have other commitments you know if you're caring for an elderly relative if you work um how you juggle it all um so we're both psychologists but we're both parents so I have two two children as well it can be really hard the guilt stuff just parenting a child let alone when you have other demands on you other deadlines other things that you need to do that guilt can really magnify and I'm just wondering what that does to our ability to sometimes be compassionate with ourselves and how we can maybe bring a bit more of that into our everyday lives as parents yeah yeah 
And I, and I think acknowledging, first off, acknowledging the feelings. Feelings, feelings don't want to be fixed. They want to yes. be felt. Yeah. Um, and this Good is true of every human being. And so a lot of the time we lead such busy juggling lives that we kind of don't allow ourselves permission yeah. to feel what we yeah. feel. And they, we, we do, all of us, psychologists included, stuff them down, get on with what we need to do. <laughs> Yeah, and then it starts, <laughs> yeah. it starts to rise yeah. up, right? Because we have all of these different responsibilities. I think, first of all, if we can acknowledge how we're feeling and find whether it's a best friend, whether it's another school mum, just someone that gets it, that just says to you, oh, I know. And you know that softening feeling within you that just goes, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. Or yeah. I'm not it can be really validating that, can't it? To hear. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, acknowledging that we're all different. Some parents long and wish that they could stay home with their kids, right? Yeah. That they didn't have to work. And that can be really tough. Some parents, <laughs> I'll put my hand up to this one. I enjoy having my space and working, but it yeah. does also, you know, two things are true. I love having my space from my kids and I miss them, you know? And I think sometimes allowing for those feelings, permit those feelings, it yes. makes sense that I feel yeah. this way. And I guess what I think it often leads to is this desire to rescue our kids from their feelings. So often yeah. when parents first become a parent of two children, suddenly it's like, how do I juggle and manage everybody's yes. needs? And mine just get pushed to the bottom of the pile. You know, how do I meet everybody's needs all of the time? Like, how do I do it, Jade? And I say, you don't. <laughs> you don't. And, and actually, we can develop this compassion that our needs cannot be met all of the time in every scenario. And that is yeah. a part of life. Um, and to validate that and say it's really hard when you don't get what you want or when you don't get what you need all the time. But yeah, there's so much pressure to do drop offs and you're late for pickup or, you know, yeah. I've forgotten the snack <laughs> on a Wednesday because there's art club and and you know my son has allergies and I forgot his oat milk so that means other kids are going to be getting milk and he's not you know there's so many things it's and never it ending isn't it it's like it's hurdles I often think in a race isn't it there's something 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 yeah. that comes off the back of that yeah and and there's something in this I think that I think is a process not an outcome not something you can just tick yes. off yeah that how do we learn together collectively to embrace our humanness and yeah. accept yeah. that we're flawed, like fundamentally, like, you know, um, and I think that's a huge passion of mine for myself yeah. that I'm doing yes. alongside my clients is accepting yeah. and embracing my imperfections. Because um, I do think this allows our kids, you know, kids are learning from us all the time. They're watching, they're watching yeah. us. Uh, they're like little sponges yes <laughs> how do we allow them to be imperfect and to be flawed and to make yes. mistakes and to yeah. have compassion yeah. is you know we model it we practice it we mess up and I think that's really healthy because there's a lot around at the moment isn't there about kind of perfectionism and how that can impact kind of overwhelm and burnout and um quite often so I'll let you into a little story when I had my second and I was up feeding him in the middle of the night I had an email from a friend I'm sure if she listens to this she'll know who she is and it was one in the morning and it was about a kid's party and I just we, we had this little kind of nighttime chat and then years later that's always stayed with me that that was her time when her kids were in bed to just be and then I read an article about this about that for some mums particularly 
late at night is the time where they the demand stop but it is a time then where they might then be catching up with admin so you can get a little bit caught up in that I still have to do it all <laughs> so there's that little bit of oh it's a time for me to just be be me but then you're catching up with admin you're organizing parties you're doing things and actually how unhealthy that is to model to kids you know that you'll push yourself to the point of burnout to remember that well booked outfit or wear yellow or whatever it is <laughs> they have to do or bring a cake um and everyone else looks like they've made one for hours off bake off and i've run to sainsbury's and <laughs> got my kind of a bit like bad mums in the movie got my donuts in a plastic <laughs> container and, and there's a bit of shame there sometimes isn't there but you can it's you know being able to notice then and leaning in and being okay with not being able to do it all that we might not have to be juggling or spinning all of these plates and doing it really well that it's okay and I'm just thinking actually I hadn't thought about that before in terms of how good that is to model maybe to other mums and, and your own children that it's okay to mess up to be yeah. human and, and, I, and, actually, I, and I would actually argue it's it's necessary and it's needed yeah. you know yeah. I would actually yeah. say that the greatest lessons we learn are life lessons, like the natural yeah. kind of consequences that, that we all learn in, in life. And yeah. I think that, you know, what kind of precedent are we setting for our kids if we're aiming for perfection? Yeah. Because we're kind of saying yeah. that I need to be this perfect parent and be showing up and doing all the right things, saying all the right things. Well, I don't even know what yeah. that would look like, but <laughs> this unobtainable <laughs> presence um you know and our kids are looking to us and thinking who who am I and who do I want to become and what kind of life do I want to yeah. lead yeah. you know and that pressure really and I guess I sometimes think to myself what story would I like my kids to to say about me you know yeah that's and a good one I was yeah I always come back to this idea like that my mum messed up she made mistakes but she loved us and she owned it and she took responsibility and yes. she spoke kindly to herself yeah. and she's taught me how to be human and that it's okay to be who it is that I am not yes. who it is that society feels that I or we should be and I think yeah. that's very freeing um it's a process really though. it's not something like we can just learn oh yeah I know how to do that now we're still gonna have those unkind words that we say inside of our heads but if we can become that noticer and go ah that, that yes. thing I do how can I speak more kindly to myself because that's what I want to model for my kids I sometimes call that you know creating a bit of daylight between you and your thoughts or your strong emotions your behavioral responses so imagine getting a, a pair of binoculars and everyone else just go hang on what's going on here or just you know yeah. pressing pause pressing a big button to just yeah. pause the world for a moment a bit like you're doing the remote right. control it's often why we can find the compassionate words for a friend right because yeah. we have that yeah. little bit of space that little bit Absolutely. of distance from the feeling yeah. from the felt sense so again we often use don't move psychology this idea and it's so simple but we have to remind ourselves to do it which is yeah. what would I say to a friend in this situation because I bet it's yeah. much kinder than what you're saying to yourself yeah. um, and it usually yeah. is isn't it you know <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, I love that role of compassion and I guess because you know what happens to guilt if we're storing that up you know as psychologists we we've seen and worked with people where guilt has you know it's not a, just a transient thing about one thing that might not have happened 
but you know as we're parenting through those 18 summers as everybody says that's a lot of stuff that can go and I'm just wondering you know what might people notice in terms of their mental health their physical health when they're storing up all of this stuff or endlessly in this battle to be perfect do it all yeah I think the thing I hear parents say all the time and it comes up in my mind too I'm I'm definitely noticing it a lot um and definitely since the pandemic yeah is I'm just too busy I it's like we're on this treadmill this conveyor belt of I've just got to keep doing 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 going 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 all the multiple drop-offs all the different clubs juggle 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 we can never do enough and I think that our culture and society has kind of bred this kind of that our worth is so attached to our achievements and the things that we do that we've we've kind of forgotten and lost that ability about just like being able to actually slow down and I do think sometimes that can yeah. be a trauma response in most of us yeah. um it's a good point that we we struggle to slow down so we focus very heavily on not having enough time right and I believe that time is our one constant right it doesn't matter where yeah. you live in the world a minute is a minute yeah <laughs> yeah it's a really good way of looking at it yes yeah right yeah. and so how do we create more time for ourselves I think instead of focusing on time we focus on our energy like what lifts my energy and what drains my energy who do I need and want in my life that helps give me life give me energy how can I recharge that energy to give me more time um and it's a really hard I think it's a really hard ongoing again process that I think all of us collectively need to think about how can we slow down you know we talk about the school run I was laughing about this with a parent the other day (laughs) like run (laughs) <laughs> we yeah, where did that come to... from that's a good walk, point yeah right yeah we <laughs> yeah. need to walk we need to stop and I think kids especially young kids if we let if we allow them to they can teach us so much about time because they have no concept of time and that can be yeah. really triggering right because we're always yeah. rushing come on um, shoes they want... <laughs> yes but they want to stop they want to look at the leaves they notice things um yeah. and I think sometimes we can stop and pause with them like what what what's an extra 10 seconds take a breath and notice the leaves with them um and I think simple things like that um can really help our health but I think yeah if we allow the guilt and this rushing this our nervous system's always going to be activated physical, and yeah. Happens, yeah right it's a very physical thing it affects our sleep which we know affects our mood and then yes. we start to see our kids as threats they start to become yeah. a threat because we start to yeah. see them yeah. as um, yeah, something that is threatening our kind of nervous system, our livelihood. Um, and that's when we can get into battles with ourselves and our kids. And so it's kind of this vicious cycle that we can get stuck on. Yeah, I was just thinking that. And then where the kind of, you know, sometimes in psychology where we talk about the kind of inner critic, you know, giving it an identity like the guilt monster, for example, coming back in again and going, well, you're now, you've rushed your child or they've gone into school stressed or you know <laughs> they're upset because we've shouted about something that wasn't actually anything to do with them I think we all I call it the 831 in my house when it's just like somebody put shoes on and you're kind of shouting and it's it is it's almost a truth you're just conditioned aren't you? you don't want to be late you don't want to sign what I call the parent book of shame if you miss the gates closing and you've got to go into the office there's a lot of hooks there aren't there or we've got to get off to work we've got to I don't know catch a train or you've got another commitment 
it's hard isn't it so i'm thinking people listening and i really like to make things very practical so there's so much theory then but also you've given us loads of practical things and it's being able to just stop and press pause and try and catch so do a bit of observing on what kind of thoughts you notice then as a parent on a day-to-day -day basis what are your usual suspects as i call them what tends to show up a lot because you might notice themes and then how can you begin to create a bit more daylight between what you think you need to be doing and creating some maybe, maybe should we call it more value-based living you know having that moment to stop and look at the leaves maybe making room for the fact you might have missed non-uniform day or you know where are your values you know is it in always being the person that ticks everything or are your values in just trying to do your best but being able to accept that sometimes you might not be able to read every parent mail be able to do everything um, is there anything else practical what do you do with your parents you know I'm just thinking when you're kind of sleep deprived, I'm thinking, oh, maybe we're talking a little bit more about, you know, new parents here. But I'm just thinking, you know, when you're sleep deprived and your cognitive functioning is slightly different, how able people are to be receptive to some of these ideas and how able they are to catch some of this stuff and put new things in place. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a parent really recently about how do I find time for myself when yeah. I'm when there is no time? How yeah. do I get rest when there's no time to rest? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we have to get creative. And I think, first of all, acknowledging, saying out loud to yourself, I'm sleep deprived. Yes. Sleep is a form yeah. of torture. <laughs> yeah. Like, So sometimes it might be, you know, can we set up a task with our child where we get to kind of be there, but we're not necessarily, you know, can we set something up? So again, it might be arts and crafts because yeah. your kid loves that. Or, yeah, um, yeah. And sometimes I guess just going on a steady walk and not necessarily feeling like maybe you used to, you want to get back to your running, but right now, actually what your body needs is to walk and yeah. that's okay yeah. um, because you will get back to your running um, in time and just really tuning into our body. I think our body really, yeah. you know, holds the score and will let us know. And if it's feeling tired, yes. thanking our body for all that it's doing, um, kind of actually it's a bit of kind of gratitude work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, sometimes we can be really harsh and critical because our body has changed shape or we're looking older. Or, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And just finding those kind words to say, you know, thank you for all that you've been through with me. <laughs> um, it, you know, because life is one long journey, right? But I think just acknowledging that tiredness is a real thing and it's not a weakness. It's not a, a flaw. Yeah, that's um, a good point. You know, yeah. What would happen if we didn't fill our car with fuel or you know charge your phone up overnight which happens regularly I forget to and then it's got no yeah, battery it yeah. doesn't work we're, we're we're not too different you know and I think if we can maybe have that visualization of plugging ourselves in and sometimes yes. just de-stimulating our worlds simplifying it come off of screens have a break yes, from your phone yeah um because I think the more tired we are we can get drawn into these kind of habits of doom scrolling on social media um you know, we all do it at times. And I think we all, if we if we admit it to ourselves, we all yeah. have a slight addiction to our screens. Um, and just, we need to give our brain and our body permission to, um, what is it? I heard this phrase um, once, rest to invest, you know, yeah. rather than saying rest, yeah. there's so many stories that come up. Rest is lazy, rest is bad, rest yeah. is unproductive, but actually we need it's to rest to invest with in tree, doesn't it? Which is different. Yeah. Yeah, because we're praised. We're praised from a very young age about of our achievements yeah. and the things that we've done. And, you know, I was recently asked to write on this little cloud for my son. Um, he's only three. 
and it said wow i am proud of and there was this cloud wow and, uh, <laughs> and the first natural thing was like oh yeah i'm proud he's riding his bike he's doing all these things and i thought i stopped and i paused and thought actually true inner confidence comes from <clears throat> it comes from us being able to know that who it is we are is enough and so i said i'm proud for who it is you are that you're kind yeah. Um, yeah. and that you're easy love to that. love and that was it you know instead of it being about something that he's done or a picture that he's done um yeah so i yeah, really I like giving that. ourselves permission permission to slow down um and not comparing ourselves to other people that's a hard one oh, um, it really is yeah. and i'm noticing then i wonder if there's something just helpful about um, there's more kind of psychologists in social media and I know obviously we have to be super boundary but I think it is good also for other people to see that even psychologists who maybe have a little bit more access to theory and knowledge around what happens with our brains and our bodies that we experience stuff too but just showing then your ability in that moment just to catch yourself wow actually maybe this is a bit more goal orientated what are my values around how I want oh, myself absolutely. to see yourself yeah yeah comes up for me all the time um, my kids recently uh, suddenly didn't want to go swimming. I won't go into it, but it really triggered me in, in the moment because we had five minutes to leave, and I was yes. and I was saying, I have said, but but we've paid, but but you love swimming, but 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 we're going. <laughs> anyway, long yeah. story short, I can reflect on it, and I think it's what we then do with that. Do we then are we then harsh and critical and beat ourselves up and think, oh, that isn't yeah. what I'm trying to do and how I'm trying to show up, or I got annoyed or I got frustrated or maybe yeah. I shouted or actually that isn't that wasn't my intention it isn't what I wanted to do we all psychologists included get triggered it's what yeah. we then choose to do with those triggers we can either treat Absolutely. those triggered moments and tough parenting moments as opportunities for us to foster more compassion to learn to grow to yes. heal parts of ourselves that quite frankly I never knew existed before I became a parent you know um you know if if there's anything that anyone is struggling with a symptom or a thought I truly believe it has a story yeah. to tell and if we listen yeah. with what I like to call this compassionate curiosity rather than this kind of damning you know often our first thought is so critical but if we can just stop and pause and say hi critical voice and say hi name to it. it yeah it can't take over name it yeah um, identity. we can then bring in something a bit more compassionate a bit kinder about um you know what we're learning about ourselves you know yeah and i like this compassion because some people may be new to compassion sometimes i wonder whether people think it's not so kind of robust or, or evidence-based but actually there is a lot of evidence behind the kind of science of compassion for ourselves and, and, and other people and i'm just thinking as well actually kind of broaden this out you know having these conversations doing this podcast psychologists talking about vulnerabilities as parents things that we get wrong how to kind of manage that having conversations and, and i wanted to bring in the role of social media as you say you were talking about kind of your mum her generation and then you um and obviously my children are a little bit older than yours that you know social media wasn't such a big thing when my eldest was young so I didn't find I had the same kind of comparisons as I did when I had my second because I had a bit of an age gap and just you know at the moment we're scrolling through social media there is a lot out there around parenting which is great but as you say we're still seeing these images of how it should be we're seeing these wonderful Instagram grids of parents that are doing it all and just how we can kind of shift the narrative have these conversations you say just validating that friend gosh 
it's rubbish being sleep deprived and, and it is a thing we don't have to pull our socks up and get on with it you know and I, I'm sure we've all had examples haven't we is this all right to show you know when you've been at a baby group you are so tired that you literally just want to crawl under a chair or go home and there'll be someone who said but I only had two hours last night rather than your four and it, it, you know it's incredibly invalidating and I don't think that's helpful to you in terms of how we support each other as parents I think I think it's classic in in home environments <laughs> where you kind of compare maybe with your husband who's had more sleep or not I think the tit for tat kind of arguments that can come up who's more tired no I mean I think we all do it and again I think if we can acknowledge that that's around I think it's really important and the more we can connect and share and it doesn't have to be in this public you know environment on social media yeah but just with a friend that um you know we, we have this phrase a particularly a british phrase of how are you and people say i'm fine how are you i'm fine and then i sometimes like to follow up with how are you really yeah and you see yeah. this change because it's this other part that comes up it's like oh actually you really do want to know how i am and I think we can be a whole mix of emotions we can be okay and struggling at the same time I think it's really important to acknowledge that we can love our kids but also be struggling with them you know two things are true um we can love being a mum and also crave space crave (laughs) crave parts of our old life where we didn't feel so responsible like absolutely um, I think one feeling or one thought doesn't define who who we are Uh, and and finding your yeah, finding your connections in your life where you feel you can be who you are and not yes. have to put on a front or a, a a pretense that everything's okay. And that could be hard because, some, you know, for some people, you know, we've been sometimes brought up that that's what you do, that you keep these shameful feelings hidden. And a lot of us have been raised in a very much more behaviourist kind of way where we were kind of shamed for our tantrums or our meltdowns, which yeah. actually underneath shames the feeling, which is just that we're struggling. Um, yeah. You know, so I love having phrases like I have a good kid having a hard time, not not a bad kid giving me a hard time. Yes. Uh, it yeah. just really changes our mindset around I'm also a mum having a hard time. Yeah. Um, it's really important that we can say these things. I have these mantras I tell myself daily. <laughs> because I think that was going to bring that in actually so that's really important what you were saying about you know how we've been parented so not in terms of a kind of a blaming things in different generations but sometimes what we have been through as individuals now this is an area that you kind of specialize in in terms of how that may show up in our own parenting style or the responses as, as well and maybe just helping people to understand that a little bit more. yeah absolutely so I guess I don't know if if anyone listening has ever had this experience where you've been in a situation with your kid or you're your partner um, and suddenly something's come out of your mouth. It could be you've said something or a look that you've given or or you've shouted or anything that's just happened in the moment, like a quick reaction. And then a part of you's kind of been a bit aghast, like, was that was that my mum? Like, oh, where did that come from? And it can be quite frightening sometimes yeah but I think yeah. sometimes it's just learning that we all we, we, you know all of us have parts that get triggered you know when we're yeah. growing up the thing about children and we were all once children is that we are hardwired you know our physiology is hardwired to for attachment so this is our kind of yeah. relationship that we have with our caregiver because as a child we rely on our caregiver for absolutely everything um and so we learn very quickly what parts of us bring me closer 
to yes. my caregiver and what parts of us bring me further away um so parts of us that create smiles and warmth and comfort and you know and, and what yes. brings me away yeah. so often if we as children were quite often you know I know when I was being brought up the kind of behaviorist what was it the super nanny thing that was around which was the kind of naughty step or you know you know sending kind of children away um and now for many parents certainly in my community we're trying to do things a bit differently and it's hard yeah. and it's messy yeah. and it's not linear and we do say yes. and do things that does come from our past but acknowledging it and saying ah oh, there's that thing again there's that voice again there's that thought again you know I get that feeling and that thought come up where I sometimes want to say to my kids go to your room it, it wants to come out my mouth and because it's what I was told you know um Absolutely. but actually we yeah. want to change that and we want to be there for our kids in a slightly different way but it's this dual process of having to be there for ourselves in a different way too so we're kind yeah. of it's this concept um of like how we're kind of reparenting ourselves at the same time as parenting our kids yeah and that's why I think it gets very messy and very tricky but we're doing it imperfectly yeah. I can't stress that enough you know um and we're learning as, as we do it. But I think it's just learning that actually what lies beneath these behaviors for us and our kids is the most important thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I often say with um, patients over the years, it can sometimes be helpful to just separate the person from the behavior. And because sometimes that's where the guilt, you know, I am this bad, rather than just going, what have I done? How did I respond? What did I say or do? sometimes that can help you have more compassion this is a, a an observation here yeah. this isn't about me yeah, wanting but, to or yeah. deliberately <laughs> wanting to respond that and way a lovely visualization for that for parents is imagine yourself sat on the sofa yeah either with your child or with you as a child your inner child right, right? yes yeah, just sit yeah. on the sofa okay with your child and you're looking out at the problem whatever that problem might be yes. my child's not listening yeah. the back chat the rudeness they won't go to bed um or if it's with yourself the shout the struggle the thing that you're struggling with the thing that you're feeling guilty about so you're sat on that sofa and you're looking out at the challenge the difficulty yeah. it just gives you a different visualization it's me and my child yeah, as a team just a little... against the problem as opposed to yeah. seeing yourself or the child as the problem yes yeah a really a little nice. bit of almost like kind of externalization there where you're kind of mm -hmm. taking the problem out of sometimes it can help a little play on words rather than my depression we say the depression and that can yeah. sometimes just create that i love that that's really easy for people to bring to mind as well I'm a, I'm a visual person so yeah. i think you know, to be able to actually visualize a concept an idea and think yeah and, and and give yourself permission to do that give yourself permission to sit there for just a, just a minute or two and breathe Time. and allow you that visualize it yeah and I guess that's the thing as well that people can maybe help to monitor how they're doing if that makes sense so I'm going to try let me just see if I can find a visualization that works just allow even if it's just coming up with how that's going to work you know are you going to have an inner critic as a person or are you going to have an object and and, and just allowing yourself very gently and almost like treating it like little stages perhaps because I wonder whether sometimes people think they have to find solutions and it has to be instant I need this thing to fix this thing that's happening with me as a parent and actually what I've learned from you today is that more about process that's something that's really kind of come out for me so what I'm thinking yeah. then is most people listening are going hang on a minute this podcast is ending how do we get more so people are going to want to hear more including myself 
where do you hang out? How can we find you? Yeah. Um, so I uh, run an Instagram account um, where I talk lots about kind of uh, imperfect conscious parenting and how to lose lose the guilt and calm the chaos, as we say. Yeah. Um, and that's just at, that. at Dr. Dr. Jade Redfern. Um, I also run a free Facebook group. Uh, that's called The Conscious Parents with Dr. Jade Redfern. Um, and that's free. And that's where people who come and join um, and just learn a bit more about me, my approach. Um, it's very, very kind of uh, affirming of of, yes. of all that we've been talking yeah. about today and the imp- yeah. imperfection of parenting and normalizing of the challenges um yeah uh so yeah and then I also run a, a paid community so I have a membership so parents who feel actually I want to take some action I want to yeah. change a few things yes. um yeah uh, my family um and work on this stuff a little bit more yeah. I have a paid community called the inside out parenting membership um because I believe that so much of parenting is about how we yeah. help ourselves help our kids this inside Absolutely. out approach um and again that's a very normalizing compassionate space to be for parents too yeah those are probably the main places and we'll make sure all of this is in the, the the show notes as well what i really love about your instagram is again because you can say you, you like visuals um your videos are very easy to digest the concepts are very easy to then use um, so I think people would really benefit from that. So we've had loads of nuggets from you already, but if you were to leave us with one adversity takeaway, what would that be? Oh, what would that be? I always struggle to find one. A typical psychologist, <laughs> I've got hundreds. But no, if I had to find one, it would be uh, that kids don't do what we say. They do what we do. And we yeah. can either use that in a, in a critical way, like this pressure, Yes. Or we can flip that round and say, I want my kids to grow up and know that who it is they are is more than okay. Yeah. And that yeah. they can make mistakes and that they're still a good person. And that's how we learn. How they're going to learn to do that is by us learning and modeling those imperfections um, and flaws that we have as humans. And that, that truthfully, our health and happiness is the best gift you can ever give your kids. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm going to toddle away this evening with my teenager and try and be even more imperfect <laughs> and allow yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and make, make a mistake on purpose. purpose. Absolutely. Yeah, I make a mistake on purpose, spill something, and then practice that that compassionate yes. voice. You're showing them. I'll be messaging you, you later when I have <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when I have done my my homework. Jade, thank you yeah. so much. I know because oh. you are so so busy. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and people go go look up jade the lovely thing about the show notes for this podcast is they're all live the links are there to click on you haven't got to go googling um so go and find jade and thank you so so much so much really enjoyed really enjoyed this a lot of thank you (laughs) thank you for listening to the adversity psychologist podcast i'm dr tara quintarillo and it's been lovely having you along to listen to this episode if you want to find more about me you can find me at drtara.co.uk so you'll see everything i'm up to my media work my collaborations my clinical work if you're interested in that and of course all the other episodes of the adversity psychologist podcast if you're interested in coming on you can also contact me and let me know what you would like to come and talk about i'd love to hear from you